Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another weekly episode of Market Updates where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week, three stories as usual. We're bringing in BHP or Broken Hill Project, I believe it's called. Commodities, uh, they just had their earnings. We know it's in, commodities are in, but how in are they? Let's find out here. Number two, there is a new single stock ETF known as the Innovator Hedged TSLA strategy or Tesla stock, but it's a hedge Tesla stock. What does it actually mean? We look to dissect that today. And last but not least, we end off with Disney earnings. They did quite well with their parks, but how are they doing with their streaming? Are they beating Netflix? All these questions answered. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, Coconuts. Welcome back to Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. Anthony. Yep. No and Anthony. Today. You forgot yes. to say and Anthony. And Anthony. <laughs> I, I, I keep forgetting. We need Jefferson back. No. <laughs> oh, yes. Jefferson, no. But, but you know what? Reggie is not here today, so less on, on China, less on <laughs> politics. Yeah. Well, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Hope everyone had, had a good uh, break from National Day. I don't know if you guys went traveling, but um, I understand revenge travel is still going on. So kudos to whoever who did travel for that week or so. Uh, I wish um, I could join I don't them. believe... Our, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, I don't believe Anthony went anywhere or will be going anywhere for the time being. So <laughs> One day I'll just um, dump two kids at home and, and fly off. You need to YOLO, man. <laughs> But my wife says to me, Fair so enough. shouldn't say too loud. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Coconuts. Uh, for today, we have three stories for you. We thought we'd move a little away tech. Well, we're trying to, but it seems everything is coming back to tech, right? But we're going to start off with uh, BNP. Uh, sorry, BHP, not BNP. Sorry. <laughs> BHP, uh, who had its uh, returns. So Anthony's going to take us through that. Uh, that's Broken Hill Project, wasn't it? Yeah. I believe that's what BHP stands for. I um, don't know. Actually. actually, believe it or not, I actually did go to I did go to Broken Hill, um, and that's actually where they started. Oh, Anyways, okay. number two, uh, we're going to touch on Innovator Hedge TSLA strategy, a single ETF for Tesla stocks. There's a lot in the market. We thought we'd dissect one for you. Uh, this is recent news, so hopefully we get it right as well. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, I, I don't even know if end you really off. understand it. <laughs> I know, but it's okay. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, we're going to end off with Disney, right? Um, is there a new hope for streaming? Netflix had a pain. Let's hope all that right. Disney was, is all right. All right, Anthony, take us off with Broken Hill, BHP Billiton. All right, BHP, right? So um, in, in case people don't know, they are, I think, the largest. They're, they're still the largest commodities company in the world, right? So so Australia-based, mm. you know, which, which is kind of why we know them, um, and... Uh, trades pretty much coal, iron ore, the, the 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 old school stuff, right? So so not so much energy in terms of LNG and um oil, but but more on the the old school commodities. Mm. And yeah, they they had their earnings, and you know we we have been talking a bit about commodities here and there, and, and thought that it would be interesting just to see how that has come true in, in their earnings. And I mean, it's it's pretty much been been a record year for them. Um, they they had the record EBITDA, mm. so so highest ever profits, up sixteen percent year on year, which is oh, I was gonna say decent. Then I realized last year was crap, so so maybe not so decent. Um, record free cash flow, which everybody loves, you know. So so lots of cash coming through, which makes sense for for a commodities company, right? They they're just printing money right now. Mm. Um, 
and they're, they're also making record payments to shareholders. So, so they are increasing their dividends as, as large as ever. They're doing lots of share buybacks. It's, it's all about capital return to investors. It's not so much about invest. It's not so much about new projects. And, and lastly, mm. it's also a record amount of taxes paid, right? So, so everybody has been increasing taxes wow. on them. They have paid more royalties to, to the government, I think the Queensland government. And, and there's been a bit of like political hoo-ha about that, that as well. So, so yeah, record-breaking year for, mm. for them on all fronts. Wow. So what's the, what's the juice here? Is it commodities are up? What's, what's happening? Well, I, I mean... I think way, way, way back in January, we were talking about it. And uh, yeah, you know, we were thinking commodities would go up. And, and that time, mm. oil was about above 100. And we're going, how, and well, Jefferson was going, it'll go up. And then we were, and then I was going, well, how much more can it go, right? <laughs> and and it, it's, it's come down a bit since um, then. And, and I think that that's generally been the case for a lot of commodities, right? So so in late first quarter, second quarter this year, they, they all spiked. Um, that that's the same mm. for coal. That that's definitely for natural national gas, natural gas, natural you know, iron, yes. yeah, natural gas. Iron has gone up, so I think that the earnings are kind of a reflection of where commodity prices were, right? That there's been mm. a, a bit of softening in recent months, but it, it's still at historically high levels. So, you know, if this continues, great commodity companies are, are good places to invest in, just because. You know, they, they are printing money, essentially, right? We, we have done a few projects yeah. for, for private companies where it's it's really printing money. It's, it's like money gushing mm. out of the ground, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I mean, would you say that, you know, the war and all of these things obviously would would play, play a factor in this and maybe the tensions even with, yeah. with Taiwan and China now? Yeah, I mean, you know, R- Russia, Ukraine definitely did for energy. Right, so I think mm. if you look at natural gas prices in Europe, they they went up six x in in a few months, and so 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 net natural gas is, is quite regional. Like Asia has its own price, US has its own price, um, Europe has its own price, and Europe's price for LNG has just shot through the roof in the last few months because Russia is closing the pipelines, right, and and that's where they have been getting all their natural gas. And, and there's talks in Germany about, oh, how will exactly. we go through winter? We need to cut down industrial production. They have actually had, mm. um, they have actually had a trade deficit for the first time in decades right, in Germany. So, so th- th- this is wow. flowing through to the real economy. And yeah, but I think coming back to BHP and, and commodities in general, you know, we, we, you have always seen commodities as boom-bust cycles, right? So, you know, Yes. 10, 20, 10 years ago, we, we were talking about the end of oil and when we might finish drilling oil, for, for example, right? And and every time yeah. oil price went up, people thought they would invest more, try to make money while it was good. Then there were, two years later, inevitably, there's an oversupply, oil price goes down again, that there's always that boom-bust cycle. Mm. I think what's interesting this time around is, you know, whether it's because of ESG, whether because people really think that in 10, 15 years, there might not be so much demand for coal and all of that, there is a, a lot, there, there isn't a lot of investment in new products going on now, right? And, and that has to do with the economics of, of power, of, well, mining projects. You know, you, you spend a lot of money up front and you hope to recover it over 10, 15 years, right? And if your, and if your fear is, you know, the world does move to renewables and as a coal miner, you might not have a demand for coal in 10 years. 
you're pretty much stopped from mining any coal now, any starting any new project now. Yeah. All you're doing is just printing money from what's existing, right? Mm. And and so that might actually, and this time really might be different. And we are not going to get so much overinvestment that leads to the, the boom bust cycle again. Got it. I mean, but at the same time, we were saying this 10 years ago, right? Um, I believe that well, was when I first started no. investing. <laughs> Yeah, 20, so, 2013, we, yeah, 2013, wasn't it? Yeah, 20, 2010 to 2013, there was still a commodity rise. China was yep. growing, so on and so forth. Um, and then we said this would be, probably be the last one because we're trying to move towards ESG and stuff yep. like this. But 10 years later, we're still here. Yeah, but 10 years ago, people were still doing new projects, right? Yeah, if you want to start mining for coal, you are really going to have to do it in very very few jurisdictions no 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 real country is going to let you do it you're not going to be able to do it in europe or us if you're going to do it in indonesia it's going to you know which has huge deposits of coal it's it's going to cost you an arm and a leg yes. they're going to extract everything from you right mm. to even do it so so the cost of doing all these projects now has really increased substantially in significantly risen yeah so so and if you and 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 i think that that's why a lot of the companies i mean not just bhp even like shell bp they are talking about returning money to shareholders, right? It's not about, like, they've, they've made certain amount of profits, maybe even super normal profits, and they've gone, well, I'm not going to invest. I mean, if I'm going to invest, I'm going to buy, I'm going to invest in renewables. But if not, I'm just going to return the money to shareholders. You decide what you're going to do with it, right? I'm not, I'm not going to allocate mm. this capital for you. And, and I think that has been quite a clear trend over the past year for, for these type of companies. Got you, got you. And... I guess the, the question I have is, yeah, it's, it's harder to, to go ahead and do that. Um, it's harder for companies to, you know, go ahead and, and, and do something like this. What do you think for, for coconuts out there that are looking, right? Should we invest in BHP? Um, do you think that they have also moving towards this ESG and trying to pivot themselves? Um, or is this effectively a short-term play because we think commodities are going to rise some more in the next six months? Yeah, I think, you know, this, like, to, to me, if you go into any old school commodities, so so pe- which pretty much means non renewables, it, it's a three to five year play, right? Um, you you don't really want to hold these for mm. you know ten twenty years because structurally the market will change, right? And but you know in like the the energy transition and, and when we talk about the green transition, it, it's not the step of a finger, right? It's not like oh, today mm. it's it's powered by coal. By tomorrow or even by next year, we'll have built all the solar plant or solar farms we need to to you know, to to operate as per normal. This is a transition yep. that takes ten years at least, if if not more, and yeah, at least in, a generation. At yeah. least, well, hopefully less than a generation. But you know, in <laughs> it's taking in, in, in that process, right? Um, as as you move towards more and more renewables with your intermittency, you are going to face mm. periods where you will need more and more of these old, re- old commodities, right? You will need more oil um, because you, you do need that to actually make the plants for, for to make the parts for renewables done, right? You, you will need the coal to, to act as a base load. You know, we are not there with yeah. hydrogen to, to act as base load power in any case. So, you know, the demand, I mean, we talk about transition, transition is picking pace. Yes, whatever. Uh, the demand will still be here for these items within the, the next few years. And if there's going to be no reinvestment in new projects, there's no, there's very little new supply coming up. You know, that supply, there's going to be a supply constraint, right? So, so that there is going to be that bit of mismatch there yeah. that provides a bit of floor for, you know, um, a bit of floor for the prices. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, 
a lot of these commodities companies are also hedges, right? Because they, they want to lock in a certain price for, for a period of time. And if you can find, and I don't think BHP really does this, but if you can find a company that is hedging now, right, with, with historically high prices, and they're saying, we, we don't care if it goes higher or not, we are happy with this margin, we're going to lock it in for the next two, three years, right? I think that's actually mm. a sign of good management. And that's a company that you can really look at investing in because, you know, the management knows, like, they, they have got a winner here, they're just going to take profit and run they're not going to try to ride it up and if there's a crash you don't know, get exposed there got it so you think if they have enough supply in other words <laughs> for the yes. next two to three years they would lock in they would lock in that that price yep um and effectively they're they're setting that price at, at that so all the customers will go to them until they run out yeah exactly and and it will be printing money it will be super profitable until they run out <laughs> I don't believe it's going to work. I don't believe the world is situated that way. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah, like, I don't think like, so. But, I mean, okay, I, fair I, enough. I, I mean, I, I've seen a few projects where they are, they're printing 15 mil a month, right? Free cash wow. flow. And, and that's wow. just dividend up. And, you know, everybody is like... And, and that's why, you know, I think probably late last year, we were talking about um, a lot of the oil majors divesting, right? They are, they are natural mm. gas. They are, they, are, they are oil fields. These are exactly the PE owners who have bought all these assets and, and are you know milking it, right? Because they are getting twenty plus IRR a year. You know, if they can yes. milk it for four or five years, that they have made back whatever it is that they have invested, right? So so it's not. Yeah. And this was at you know lower gas prices. So so if the gas prices now they're just minting money. Exactly. Cool. So it could be a good a good uh, two to three year play. Yep. Um, is is what you think with BHP? Yeah. Uh, do you know anything on on Rio? Rio Tinto? Yeah, I mean they they're all pretty much the same. Um, I mean, Rio has a slightly different commodities mix, I think. So a bit less coal. Um, uh, well, the, yeah, products are still largely Australia based. Um, and, and so yeah, it's it's yeah. the same geopolitical risk as well. Um, Valley would be cool. something quite yeah, different. They, I think that <laughs> the, the Valley would be somewhere mm. right. So, so yeah. yeah. Wait, did did, cool. did we actually do a stock geek out with like Tim on natural gas and and commodities? Oh no, we have not. Maybe we should. Let me yes. Let me see. Let me see if Tim's available. We should do one on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We did one with uh, infrastructure. Yeah, ah, coconut. Okay. We're gonna release that soon. We did one on infrastructure, so we can do one on commodities and so on. Tim loves right. talking about non tech yeah. stuff. He, he's yeah. the he's the <laughs> oval guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though he's a techie, apparently sixty percent of his portfolio is in tech. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and and speaking of tech, right? A lot of people are quite hesitant in in going back into the market. I don't know about you, Anthony, but I know I am. Why? Um, at this point in time, going back into okay, the market. I mean, not now, yes, um, you shouldn't. But yeah, three now. weeks ago, why not? <laughs> Come on, man, just um, buy. So. Just buy, just buy. No, okay, hold on. So actually, with with regards to that hesitancy, um, there is this new thing that we that we found. I don't know how many of our coconuts have found it. It's called the Innovator Hedged TSLA Strategy ETF, or effectively a single stock ETF on Tesla. Now there are quite a couple out there. There is the inverse ETFs where it does exactly the opposite of the Tesla stock movement. There is a TSL. A, which is a different sort of ETF, single stock ETF for Tesla. Not entirely sure what that is. This is TSLH or hedged Tesla. All right. 
Okay. Um, question. <laughs> well, this is recent news that just popped up early August, I believe. Um, so we are still trying to break it down here at, at TFC Coconut. If you all understand this, or if anyone understands this, please let us know. And we're more than happy to, to even have you come on our show and explain exactly what this does so that we get all our listeners fully understood instead of just buying in something that has the word Tesla on it, right? Yeah, or, or just don't buy it, right? I mean, it, it sounds really nice too. Like you, you think of Tesla, it's like, oh yeah, you know, poss- possibly good returns and it's hedged. Isn't, isn't that even better? I mean, I, I don't know, right? Maybe we'll walk through the product details a bit, but yeah, I mean, it, it sounds yeah. nice on, on first glance. Yeah, it sounds nice, right? Everybody asks you how invest in Tesla or not, or you buy Tesla or not. That's usually the questions nowadays, at least in my circles. Yeah, so now, so now I can say, not only have I bought Tesla, I bought it hedged. Fancy. (laughs) So what (laughs) coming back into the specifics of details of TSLH, one thing that they have mentioned, I don't believe I don't have the CEO's name. What's CEO's name? CEO's name is Bond, believe it or not. B-O-N-D. Um Yeah. (laughs) Not James Bond, but Bruce Bond. Um one of the things that he mentioned was that this is specifically meant to reduce the volatility um, of, of Tesla stocks, right? Obviously, we know mm-hmm. Tesla stocks have been moving up and down quite a fair bit. And this is for this is a single stock ETF for hesitant investors who want to invest into Tesla. Mm-hmm. What he has mentioned is that there is a downside limit of 10%. At the same time, mm-hmm. technically, there's an upside limit of, of 10% as well. Mm-hmm. What he does is he uses call options to buy 10% below the, the stock price and, and sell a call option 10% above the call yep. price, uh, the, the stock price. Yep. So what this then does is it effectively allows you to play within the range uh, of, of the 10% down, 10% up. So you reduce the volatility, but because they go in three-month period, a quarterly period, you're still going to get a little bit of that uptick uh, with regards to, to Tesla stocks, as far as I understand. Mm. Um, Anthony, what are your what are your thoughts here? I, I don't you think know, I got right? that right. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's just a it sounds just like a call spread, right? Where where you sell, what, I think in this case, ten percent below the, the the start date price is you sell a, you sell a call option, which is the the right to to buy shares um at the ten percent below the, mm. the the start date price. Oh no, wait, sorry, you. You buy a call option ten percent below, and you sell a call option 10, below. 10, yes, ten percent yeah, up. Yeah, right. And and the the second leg is simple. It's it's a covered call essentially, right? Where you you mm-hmm. own underlying shares, you sell a call. You know, if it, and so so in our example, if it's at eight hundred and ten percent up, it's eight eighty. If at the end of the three month period it closes at eight ninety, right? You you will essentially have sold your shares for eight eighty, and and because the the mm-hmm. buyer of the option exercises the option, and you know. Pays you eight eighty because that's lower than the market price, right? So so that's where your upside is kept, right? And and well, that I mean, I guess I guess that's part of hedging, right? And I guess the the downside is is kept because you have you have the option to buy it at seven twenty. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I think that there's a bit more more to this, um, because I, I don't see how that actually caps the downside, but you know, um, it, it is what it is. It's probably something we need to figure out a bit more. And and the last scenario is where it falls within that seven twenty to eight eighty range, right? Um, if that's the case, I think you would still exercise your call option at the bottom, because you would want to buy it at seven twenty, right? And and that's your profit. And yeah, that that's it. I think it, you know it's. 
but thinking about it this way, it's not something you couldn't do yourself on, on interactive brokers. Mm. No, it, it's just buying and selling options, which people can, if you understand enough, uh, you don't even need to understand enough, it's just a tick of your boxes and you can get exposure to, right? So mm. so this ETF is maybe more for, um, you, you, you don't really want to fool around with options or you don't want to trade it and, and there's somebody who can manage it for you. So, so you know, that, that's it. But I mean, I don't really see how it gives you exposure to Tesla. Right, it, because all, all it is is, mm. is trading the, the price movement. You you could change Tesla with like bit buff and beyond, right? Or or something with with a different implied volatility and and the, the prices change. Yeah. But you know, essentially it's just a spread. The the underlying matters a lot less. Got it. Yeah. Effectively, you're not buying a Tesla stock. You're buying options of a Tesla stock, right? Yeah. Well, well um, I mean, if you exercise so, it, you you exercise option to buy Tesla stock and you end up holding it, or you end up holding cash, yeah. right? So. So it, it's neither yeah. here nor there. Um, yeah. So actually, when you purchase this single stock ETF, you don't need to buy a Tesla stock. You can technically if you want to. Yep. Um, although there there is no there is no need to. Yeah. At least that's I, the way that we have dissected this. Well, I guess you you yeah. could buy a Tesla stock and then buy the ETF too, so that if your Tesla stock goes down too far, you. Well, you don't really below the ten percent. Yeah, but you only get kept at the ETF level. You don't kept at the you don't get kept at the single stock level. So I I've I have no idea where, where, what they're thinking of. Like it, it, it I mean it, it's a pure hedge strategy, but it, it just doesn't make much sense. You know, I think yeah. Mm. If somebody wants to, if somebody thinks you know, this is a good product, you no, know, please let us know because I, I don't quite see it. Yeah, at this stage. <laughs> At the moment, it looks as though if you're lazy, you want to get into Tesla, but you don't want to buy the stock because of its volatility and you're lazy to do your own options, this is something that you would do. I think this still got to unravel a little bit. It's kind of new. So coconuts out there, if you do have something um, a bit more and understand this a bit more, please let us know. Happy to to bring you on, like I said. Uh, but I think one, one larger topic, Anthony, right? We can touch on this as well, is that single stock ETFs have been rising up quite a bit. Um, and it's for me, it's a little weird. Um, it is. ETF stands weird. for a fund. <laughs> yeah. ETF stands for a fund. So what, what's happening what, what with, this, with this movement of single stock ETFs? I have no idea, to be honest. I mean, I, I can kind of see a case for inverse ETFs, right? So mm. inverse ETFs are ETFs where, you know, if Tesla goes up one, it goes down one. Again, they do it by, mm. by getting um, derivative exposure through, through it. And, and maybe that makes sense for people who cannot short through their brokers, right? Because when you need to short a stock, you, you pay borrow costs. That's expensive. You decide that, ah, I don't want to pay borrow costs. I'll just buy an inverse ETF, you know, and, and that takes up a bit more cash, but that's okay. You know, so, so maybe that there's a point for it in, in terms of hedging, right? You, you have... 10 Tesla shares, you, you think that there's earnings coming up, you know, you, you think that it might drop a lot, so you get mm. a, an inverse ETF for two days to and so so that if it, if it falls after earnings, you, you at least hedge your, your risk slightly. Right? That, that kind of makes sense. Um then there's the other the opposite of it, which is leverage ETFs, right? Like TQQ, which is triple NASDAQ hundred. So so NASDAQ goes up one yes. percent, the, the ETF goes up three percent, which you know everybody loved during the <laughs> during the the bull run last Tech year. Is like, yeah. you know, <laughs> NASDAQ goes up fifty nine forty five just by owning an ETF. That's fantastic. You know, and, and again they 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 get the exposure through 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 leverage, through through derivatives. So so all these I I cannot get, right? It's different risk allocation mm. and, and getting 
and, and giving essentially people who, who want a certain type of risk products. I don't quite understand why you could, why would you would want to buy a single stock ETF for Tesla when you go buy Tesla, right? Maybe, maybe yeah. if you wanted to trade Tencent in, in the US markets, right? And where it's, you know, OTC is pink shit, pick sheet um less liquidity if if there can be the single stock etf for for test for tencent then then that kind of makes sense because you are you are just making it accessible compared to the otc markets right so so yeah. i i there yeah. might be a use case if you squint hard enough but but it probably is for those you know um weirder stocks that are a bit less accessible to to the retail public to the public Right. Yeah, I see a use case there. So I think with this one, let's see how this plays out. Definitely want to read up more. Maybe we can um, do a bit more analysis in this and come back yeah, next week. But, but this isn't anything new, I think. Um, I remember a banker from SCB pitched a mm. similar product to, to me once before. So so they, they have synthetics that they do this. It's just um, broadening it to, to the retail space. Got it. Got it. Got it. Cool. Awesome. Last but not least, let's move back into tech, Anthony. Disney, take it away. Yes. Yeah. And and Disney, we're just going to talk about the tech side, which is streaming. We're not going to talk about Parks, which is great. <laughs> you know, or, or Lydia TV, doing well, which I'm is sure, also great. Right? Yeah. Parks is doing well. Um, They, they have yeah. really taken advantage of, of the pandemic, you know, and well, Lydia TV surprisingly mm. has been doing really well. But, you know, I think we're going to talk mm. a bit about streaming, right? Because Netflix has yeah. had a lot of issues, which, which we have covered quite a bit. Um, and and I mean I was thinking about it. I think Disney Plus is is a success, you know, for you no know, for for whatever the the fears of it are, right? I mean they they are still growing subscribers. They, it's they they grew in the, in the last quarter. So sorry, they had earnings last week or early this week. I think you know their, their subscriber mm-hmm. grip base grew ten percent quarter on quarter, which is great. Okay. Um, it's currently okay. at hundred fifty mil, um, subscribers globally, right? And that right. and Netflix what's is at what's at Netflix two twenty. Oh, oh, so okay. it, it's so not it's that far away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's still forty percent away, but but it's not that far. It is, it is. You know, no, but for, I mean, last for, year when we were talking about Disney and and um, Netflix, it was quite a way away. Yeah, so. it was like you know three times right? or two times the numbers. So so Disney is really catching up, right? And and I think j- just for context, when they started, you know, saying that I want to do a streaming service back in twenty nineteen. They were expecting that by the end of 2024, they would have 60 mm. to 90 million subscribers. So, so they have reached their target two and, wow. two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years in advance yeah. and, and doubled it. Right. That, that's, you know, I think by all accounts, that's you know, success. The, the problem yeah, yeah. with well, streaming is well, they, they, have, they have a certain scale now, right? But they are not profitable, right? I think over the last mm. quarter, it's still a, a billion in losses. Which they can absorb with like parks and all the other um, parts of the business, yeah, but idea. at the end of the day, you know that there's still losses. You know that they they will need to start clawing back. You know, and and mm. I think part of it is also structural, right? Like, um, mm. they have done a lot of work in India, right? With with cricket streaming that that they've now lost, and and all of that. And by nature, you know, going to those markets means that you your your R pool is lower. Because you can charge 10 USD, 15 USD in the US, you are not going to be able to charge 10 USD in India, right? They're just not going to pay. So, you know, I think, and, and that's the thing that they need to fix now. You know, they, they have a skill, they, they have got their way to people's homes, they, have, they are the second largest streamer, 
globally, it now is just getting ARPU up. Um, if not that, then you know pushing the ad supported tier better uh, up so that you know you you get revenue through through a different way rather than just subscription fees, right? So 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 yeah. that's their game plan. They they are pretty much following Netflix, you know, um, s- slightly slowing down on on content production, which might might not might not work because they can still use it for movies anyway, right? And yeah. and then you know getting ads trying to monetize better. So so it's 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 going to be Netflix 2.0. And I guess the question is, you know, whether they have better pricing power than Netflix, right? Yeah. I whether they have better content as well is another one. Or or sticky yeah. content. Let's put it that yeah, way. Sticky content. Right? Sticky content. Like yeah, so like I, your, I think like your Marvel Star Wars alone. Like that's honestly quite sticky. Yes. That's why it's a new hope. Come on, guys. Did you nobody get it? <laughs> <laughs> you had to just you had to just bring this yes. up here and <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean that that that's kind of the point, right? You know, two three quarters back when Netflix was first raising prices, people thought, oh yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a commodity now. Um, but I mean, can you imagine life without Netflix? No, so so they they probably have pricing power, and it turns out they didn't. Right, so mm-hmm. so the the same question is is the same question now, and I think this is the the big well concern for me going forward, right? Um, especially if we are going into a worsening macroeconomic environment where where you know consumer yeah. sentiment is low, people might be tightening their belts. Can are they sticky enough so that they their price raises don't affect their subscriber base? No, or and don't and raise I think, the price, lah. Oh, but but they announced price raises. Right. So, so because mm, they so want that's to how get profitability, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's how they're going to improve their ARPU. So that's going to be the challenge, I think. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I like Disney's content. Um, I find it more sticky as well. Okay, so I'm a big Marvel fan, so that's probably why. Yeah, I, I don't um, like Disney's UX. I, I find it very... No, Disney's UX is shit. Yeah, I why, why don't you just go to the next episode? I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, it plays the the credits all the way through. That's number one. But number two, okay, sorry, I'm complaining now. But number two is the fact that, you know, when you scroll down on Disney and then you click the continue watching bit, like you're halfway through, when you want to go to the next episode, you can't. You absolutely (laughs) can't. You have to go back and then go find the actual file that has all the episodes, then go into that and move to the next episode. So it's... Or or like when you're trying to select a show to watch, they they don't even show a, a summary of what the show is about. You have to click into it yeah. and then you go, oh yeah, no, yes. this is true. And then you click back because you're not interested. It's, it's three terrible. clicks. You click in, which takes a while to load. Then there's another click for details or more details. Then you got to open that. And then finally you get to read a little bit about what's going on. Terrible. <laughs> bad, bad people still subscribe. So you know, who are we to say? I'm a sucker for that. Yes, I'm still subscribing. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So... I mean, I mean, at the same time, right? Netflix has been losing. I think Netflix had its had its earnings as well, and they lost yep. more subscribers and so on. Disney is showing a different approach here uh, from from Netflix in that sense. Netflix has lost what um, subscribers two quarters in a row now, right? Yeah, but but they are projecting growth in in the rest of the year. So so we'll see if that happens. Mm, okay, but Disney in the end actually has been increasing, uh, but their growth in terms of percentage, obviously, has been decreasing, but their numbers are actually looking quite good. So if that's the yep. case, do you really see this as a as a Disney versus Netflix in a year's time or so? Or do you think that that's yeah, still yeah, quite that, early? Definitely. Netflix is still the leader. I think Netflix is, is the leader, is a clear leader. Disney's clear second, right? The other streamers, they are sub-skilled. You know, it, it, 
I mean, okay, besides Amazon Prime and Apple TV, right? Um, you know, things like Warner Brothers Discovery, um, Paramount Plus. Paramount. Mm. Um, yeah, HBO is, is now under WB. CBS has got one? Yeah, CBS had, had one. I think they, they shuttered it. You know, um, so all, all of these things are, are pretty much subscale now. Um, and, you know, it, mm. it, if you are talking about domination for streamers alone, it's, you know, Netflix and Disney. Right, and yeah. and then maybe Apple and Prime and all that, and and I think you know I, I would think of and, and I, I kind of have greater confidence in in Disney more more than Netflix, and that's just because you know at the end of the day, even if streaming is pure break even, right, it doesn't make money, so what you know they they have their movies business, mm. it, it's all about world building, it's about an ecosystem, it's about. You know, getting the next generation in to come and spend on parks, spend on experiences, and, and all of that. It, it's yeah. which kind of is where where Netflix is going with, like you know, trying to create a world. I think they want to make the Gray Man, which is the latest movie. Um, you know, a, that's a on series. Netflix. Yeah, that's on Netflix, right? They yeah, want to make yeah. that a series and, and a game and, and something like that. So you know, mm. it, it's about world building now. It's about building content. Yeah. It's about stream getting people in through streaming streaming right and the broad reach there mm-hmm. and and then you know letting them spend somewhere else right so, and that's the same strategy for apple that's the yeah. same strategy for prime you know and, and that's kind of where i think okay. disney has has an advantage over netflix just because the other portions are already so strong right you know you have all your ip mm-hmm. i mean the, the new marvel movies i think are generally quite rubbish right dr strange was terrible <laughs> but the, the, this phase four has i heard Thor was quite bad i didn't even see that yet i, I, I didn't even bother watching <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for it to come on disney plus uh, <laughs> same same <laughs> <and we> think. <laughs> yeah. so 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 you know um but but it's all world building right and and we'll see what the next mm. phase of of the mcu is and all that so so yeah you know that that i think is, is the big advantage that, that it has over netflix Right, and the other part is of course ESPN, which is huge in the US, and has Massive. lots of live streaming, and you know, net, and that's the place that Netflix just cannot compete. So, so yeah, I think Disney, you know, all in probably has a, a brighter future than Netflix, or, or more pass forward than Netflix. Got it. So, invest already or not? Huh? Um, I buy buy sell sell buy buy sell sell. Now, now, now I'm very scared. I got profit, I think. <laughs> you know, you can, cannot hold for 10 years. I, 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 20%, 30% up. I, let me take some profit first. Fair, fair, fair. Got it. Awesome, Coconuts. Thanks so much for listening in. Um, I think we, we hopefully taught you a few things outside of tech today with uh, BHP and, and a new, apparently a new single ETF <laughs> that we're still yes. trying to dissect. Um, let us know again if you do know more about it love for you to come in and talk uh, and, and see you next week alright see you guys bye thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me Rakesh and trust that you learned something today if you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter join our community telegram group or follow us on social media we also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered to sign up please click the description below As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.